0: Don't you think we're done? Alrighty. 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 <laughs> Alrighty. Sir. Thank you so much for waiting. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the casting chamber. It has been a hot minute. a uh, series I started when I was in quarantine over in Taiwan, waiting around for six months trying to get back into Shanghai for the LPL. And, you know, we had a big break, and I reached out to Freak and I said, Hey, look, you know, can you come on, talk a little bit about play-by-play? And sir thank you so much straight away you said yes and and here you are so here i am welcome um it's an absolute pleasure to have you first of all you are the og caster in the scene if i was going to do i you nod your head i mean what like, yeah i guess <laughs> you and, and and rivington right like yeah the first two uh, the first two faces to put towards a world championship to to put towards league of legends um if i was going to do a casting series I had to have you on it. So again, very appreciative to have you. And yeah. How, how, what, what what time is it at the moment? Cause it's midday for 7 me. PM. Oh, that's right. Good. I had to pick a, a North American time. Mm-hmm. Um And we got
1: the first one wrong. We were off by a day.
0: We're, we were off by a day. So we you're tried
1: like, you're like Thursday night. I'm like, yep. Thursday night sounds good. And then yep. you're like, Hey, so, um, we're on and I'm like, it's Wednesday.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. I totally spoke. <laughs> like,
1: oh, we'll try next week.
0: <laughs> it's so difficult because I, I think I thought immediately if I just say Thursday, oh, that's that's fine. But I, I realized it's 20 hours behind or something like that. Or mm-hmm. I haven't actually done the math. So yeah. Well, is it noon
1: for you? It is noon. It's noon on yeah, so 17 hours. Yeah, yeah, it's noon on Friday. On Friday. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 17 we're, hours for so. the, the future. Yeah,
0: I'm always a day behind. <laughs> Hey, um, thanks again for coming on the show. You, you hear me yeah, say sure. thanks a lot. Very, very appreciative. Um, This is, you know, something I, I wanted to get into because as I've done before with this series, I, I've done monologues, I've done, you know, breakdowns of, of you know, general things that casters should prepare themselves for. But I wanted to go more into play-by-play and what it kind of means to be the role. Um, someone like yourself, who's been around the scene for 10 years now, you know, been in sure. League of Legends since the start. Um, it's good to get your perspective because I think you're going to enlighten a lot of casters who are trying to make that step from amateur semi-pro to then get into a major region or even a minor region and make it a career mm. um just open us up with how you got into casting like how you started your journey all the way back in season one no. all the way back in in 2010
1: 2011 oh sure i mean if we're, if we're gonna start there it starts earlier than that but um okay basically yeah so we'll, we'll go we'll go longer because i was you know, a hobbyist first right like anyone else is so um Growing up, the vague understanding, like, of what I might try to do is be a teacher, I I, I was the smart kid in class, and I, like, enjoyed helping people, and, and be like, oh, yeah, I, I can do, I can multiply three times five, that's no problem, here, I'll help you with it, right, like, you know. Um, so that that was kind of gratifying to me. And so once I got into gaming a lot more and the internet started blowing up and whatnot, and people had fast internet connections and and whatnot. Um, the first sort of big thing I started doing were called audio commentaries. Um basically the first game I was actually good at was Warcraft 3. I did a little bit of stuff before then, but nice. um what people actually know me for was Warcraft 3. Uh we talked about it actually a little bit on um next level when I was on a few weeks ago. But basically record an MP3, zip it up with a replay file, send it to the internet. I did over a hundred those uh of basically basically vod reviews like this is pre-youtube so now it should be a youtube video but um you know functionally my, my start was doing um youtube vod reviews um and then uh as kind of happenstance the website that i worked volunteered for uh they had a shoutcast server and shoutcast by the way is its own thing that it is it is the name of a plugin for winamp uh, which That's is right. where the name shoutcaster comes from so uh, they had a shoutcast server so i would you know download the shoutcast plugin onto winamp uh, type in the server url and with the password and then this would now be an internet radio station that you could tune into by basically i mean folks you could just click a link um and as long as you know you set up windows properly winamp or whatever media player would then like stream that ip's audio stream right um and so you'd listen to the shoutcast um, and so this was audio only. It was it was being quite literally a radio host, um, and you know the the casual aspect of it was okay. I'll like watch people play some custom games. Like we'll do a big free for all, or I'll watch a one v one, and it was like this community thing. Um, and so if you can get into Spectate, great, but there are only 12 slots, uh, including players, uh, but otherwise you just listen to the audio only stream. And this is actually like a really fun way for me to spend my evenings um, as a fan, like of a Warcraft 3 fan, you know, with the fan site, uh, yep. but also occasionally like I did this myself, right? I was the shoutcaster. Um, the other half of that was you could also do it to cover esports matches, because again, there is no live streaming. There is this audio stream. And if you want to watch, you know, Grubby and Moon play their best of five show match, it's like, well, you're not going to get to visually. You can listen to the shoutcast, Um, and if you're lucky, maybe you got one of the observer slots, but you probably didn't. Yep. Um, and so this is how you consumed live esports content back in the day. Um, you know, if you're a really bigger event like WCG or something, yeah, you could have a video stream going on, but like, this wasn't, you know, owned tv and twitch tv and youtube were not big things back in 04. um so you know this wasn't gonna happen um so so i i kind of side like side quested into doing shoutcasting into doing live commentary um and i enjoyed it but it, like it was just like a thing i did for fun whatever just like audio commentary i thing i did for fun um you fast forward to 2009 where i applied to riot um and i applied to a community internship and i just sort of say as part of my resume which is you know, very briefly, like, hey, I graduated high school. Hey, I was in college for four years. I'm based in I'm mostly um, I've had like one other job. Yep. Um, the other jobs were like training people in Warcraft 3. Um, and the rest of the resume is like, here's all these gaming things that I did. Here's these tournaments i placed in. Here's these tournaments I've shoutcasted, whatever. Um, and so in the interview process, talked about how, you know, I really think, um, you know, Riot and League of Legends could do with. Um, having some some good like high quality video content, uh, you know, we should cover new champions with, you know, uh, you know, high quality release stuff. But you know, I, I wanted I wanted to make, you know, kind of audio content for the game. Uh, and that was kind of the idea. And um, I'd never been video editing in my life in any realistic scenario, uh, but you know, got hired as a community intern December '09. Um, learned Adobe Premiere on the job, made Champion spotlights, and then as the esports scene grew, like I remember, we did uh, Dominion, and so we brought it to like the GDC in San Francisco, and we had like an offshoot event where we like rented out a bar or whatever, yep. and it was like, yeah, come over after GDC or whatever, um, and we're gonna you know announce our new game mode Dominion. Come hang out. Um, and so I was brought on to MC that because I was like eh, the most qualified MC at the company. Um, and we had, you know, occasional side tournaments, whatnot, you know, when we had WCG USA and whatnot, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll we'll send Freak to go do it because that's a thing. Uh, when we went to PAX to be at a booth, it's like, okay, you know, Freak will be one of the M- MCs. And, you know, if we're going to do like just some sort of show match games, you know, he'll cast the games, whatever. Um, and so I was never really a full-time caster when I first joined riot. I was a, you know, I worked on the community team. Uh, my title after community intern was associate community manager. Then it was, um, community coordinator. Then it was web content coordinator because my job was like making champion spotlights. Like I, I worked in community web content for the first three years, um, and then 2013 rolls around and we start the LCS and Riot has decided, nope, we're going to make a first party eSports League. And that means we need full-time shoutcasters. And so Freak, you're on the list. Do you want to switch jobs and work in eSports and be a full-time shoutcaster? It's like, yep, sure. Sounds good. Yeah, um, and so that's, you know, from 2013 onwards, I've been a full-time shoutcast. This is, you know, eight years going um, roughly, but yeah, my, my path before then, before I was maybe 26, that's how the math works, right? Yeah. Uh, around 25 26 like that's when i became a full-time shoutcaster everything up until then was just like i want to work in gaming i went to school like it's a hobby whatever and then and then you know that began
0: but you kind of you it feels like you're kind of born into it in a sense i mean you talk about going all the way back to your warcraft three days and and using you know your audio only streams what 2004 you said like is is that how far we're going back
1: Warcraft three came out in two thousand three. I was good at the game by about two thousand four. That's about yeah. when I started getting into fan sites. Um, and like, you know, even even back to then, like I applied to WCR, which is the the fan site I yep. was mostly known for, and they they rejected me the first time I sent in demo commentaries. Um, I ended up working for a different fan site for about a year, and then like through that got noticed by one of the admins. He's like, hey, I really want to bring you over, and I'm like, well, the audience is like eighteen times as large, so off yep. I go. Um. So so yeah, it was you know that was that was the road.
0: That's wild. I mean, that's it's it's such an adventure story because. I mean, looking that far back, I was nine, you know, almost ten years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was born in ninety-five, so yeah. And and Warcraft three, like as it came out, I, I was doing the same thing, but I, I don't feel like I was anywhere near good enough. And played a lot of Battle Net as well. So sure, um, it's yeah. it's it, a great. Cr- and- go on.
1: Uh, Yeah, for me to to like kind of put it in different terms, like I don't care as much about what year it was. I think it's actually maybe more applicable for other people. It's like, Mm. here's how old I was when things happened, right? In high school, I was a semi Pro Warcraft 3 player. In in college, I was actually good and like went to tournaments. Um, But like throughout high school and college, I was a hobbyist commentator. Um, And Blizzard had contacted me for two things. Um, In college, both I cast... Um, you know, a couple different things for them. Um, I cast like an ESWC World Championship. Um, I went to WCG a couple times as a commentator, but like for for national stuff. So like I had done like a very small couple of gigs. I I probably totaled maybe like $1,500, like total across all of my freelance casting gigs, right? This is like, here's 300 euros here, here's $500 there, here's $500 there. And it's like, you know, it wasn't a lot of money, right? I was a student who happened to be this as, as a hobbyist. And it's like, cool. I can, you know- A
0: lot of money back then. for
1: food for a couple months. Yeah, yeah. and then, you know, pretty sure, right? But like, in no way was I a professional caster and no way was this, you know, sustainable for me at all. So I was like doing other things, you know, throughout high school and college and occasionally did stuff. I remember asking, Professors to postpone finals for me so I can go fly to Korea to play in a tournament and then like land, the, you know, and then land and then take it and you know, take the final the next week, Yeah, um, which they were happy to do. Right. But like that was the life I was living. Um, and then, you know, as a full fledged adult out of college, I worked in community for three years and web kind for three years. And then that transitioned. And so it's like, you know, if anyone's ever like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to make it as a caster. It's like, well, I mean, I was 26, you know, when I first started casting full time and that was after. <laughs> I mean, actually, thirteen years of hobbyist doing stuff, right? So it's like that was that was how long it took me.
0: And so, following the timeline as well, twenty thirteen is when you well when LCS started, and that's when you became the full time caster as well. So that's eight strong years of um, being in the same position. Of course, you still have a lot of involvement um, as a as a play by play, and this is why getting you on the show as as a play by play is I think the most interesting to start off with because as a play by play, I think you tick more boxes than most. Uh, you're very knowledgeable about the game. You still do your patch rundowns, which is a Mm -hmm. is a you know a blessing for me um definitely something i still use it yeah thank you again a a lot of the community Mm. still uses it if if not the majority of the community right um and and if i asked you going into play-by-play someone who's cast since 2013 um how would you actually define your role because running forward in 2013 were we talking play-by-play in colors were we at that at that point okay
1: we we were and specifically um part of what made me um i would say a really weak caster in 2013-2014 and you can actually go back and like watch pods and Mm. and and look at the assignments that i got um i was initially a color caster because i was like like in in 2013 i was like 30 something lp diamond one which is modern day like high masters low gm uh which is to say like i played solo queue against lcs players sometimes this is not like to brag as like you know whatever but like my skill set was i was very very good at the game and i was excited about the game right and whatnot but like my skill set like most of my casts were with riv and riv is you know definitively a play-by-play caster yep. right um and okay that yeah yeah so he's a play-by caster um and you know i'd cast with d-man and and daniel klein like there were not a lot of retired pros out there to be color casters, so i was default a color caster when when um doing early league of legends you know 2011 2012 2013 yep. uh ish and then when lcs started um, they're like, well, okay, we're going to bring Jat over from the gameplay team and we're going to hire Kobe because he cast, uh, a bunch of the TSM online series with Wombat. And, you know, I don't know if he was head on it or reapplied or what, but like Kobe was brought in as a shoutcaster, Jat transferred to a shoutcast. Riv and I transferred into shoutcasting. And it's like, well, we have Jat, we have Kobe, we have Riv. Guess what we need a second one of? Guess what we need? We need a play-by-play. Fill the role. Yep. Um, right. and, and so it, it took me a while, I would say, a, you know, a solid two years to to feel comfortable doing play-by-play. Yeah, I was used to being excited and yelling really about the game, but but my skill set wasn't really there. Um. And so if you look at um Worlds, like, uh, 2014, I'm on the analyst desk full-time. Because basically, uh, it, it seemed like Riot was, like, happy to invest in me and, like, help me level up. Um, But I was not ready, I guess, functionally to like cast in my normal role, whatever. So like, I was an analyst for like all of Worlds 2014 and all the events around that year, I was I was an analyst on the analyst Death because my skill set was still about analyzing the game, being good at the game. Um, When Quickshot and I switched regions a couple of times throughout around the same set of years, around 2013, 2015, um, it was the the idea of like, well, Quickshot, by the virtue that Joe Miller and D-Man and Jason Kaplan were the other casters in Europe, Play by play, play by play, color. Guess what Quick Shot's doing? Color. Color, yeah. Right? And so Quick Shot had to go be a color cast for his first few years. And and the opt was very much open to me that I could go live in Germany. And Quickshot could come live in America. And oh, I could okay. be a color colorcaster over there. And he could be a player play over here. Um and I ultimately decided I'd rather live in America and and get good than just like do color commentary in Europe. I still don't regret that decision. I think it was the right call for me at the time and it's still, it, you know, it's it's worked out very well for me. Um but this is to say, like, they were gonna move me continents to like have me do my old job right like this was you know very clearly there was a power difference here um so yeah <laughs> it was me learning play-by-play over the course of several years and and riot being very gracious and helping me find a spot um and what and, you know doing stuff it's why i cast um pretty much the entire challenge series with Zyrene in 2014. Yeah, there's a ton of reps doing play-by-play with, right, with Zyrene the color caster and and freak who's you know, trying to get better at play I play. It's like, okay, you're on Challenger. You're doing all these jobs on Challenger. Um, and so, you know, I didn't get, I would say, a lot of top tier gigs, uh, you know, in League of Legends for a while. Like I did world finals in twenty eleven, and then if I recall correctly, I didn't do world finals again until twenty what, 18, 17. Okay. Right. This is a six-year gap where I'm just not on it. Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, it's the literal highest prestigious, you know, best gig. So of course it's going to be con- you know, um competitive, right? But like Captain Flowers got a world final shorter into his career than I did, you know, in terms of going full-time and to be fair he was better day one than I was as a caster I don't you know I don't him for this but this is just going to explain like hey I was pretty bad when it started um and it was a lot of time you know learning what I was doing
0: yeah it's amazing right like you put in the reps you talking about Challenger Series as well uh a great way that a lot of a lot of casters have started I mean just mentioning flowers again uh did LMS you know his own English broadcast Mm -hmm. solo casted for a while about the reps you put in um and, and coming back to it as well like if if I was if I was getting you to explain like the bare basics of 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 what you do I, I know it there's there's so many definitions for it um sure now that now that you've I done play- actually answered your question no 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 <laughs> but but it it's it's like it's a great story because you do bring a lot of the color casting mechanics or not that knowledge yep. into your cast and sure. I, I think that's what makes it unique um now that you've done play by play for for so long now you've done world finals and and you've really I I don't want to say matured as a play by play but you know you've, I think that's accurate you've come in come in strong how would you actually just define it like just your overall definition
1: sure 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 so so I mean I'll lay a couple of ground rules which is that you know your goal as a cast is to be entertaining um right you know esports is an entertainment product you're there to hold an audience um and and you want to bring out the games um and as much as the games can carry the cast that's great if the games can't carry the cast it goes on to you a little bit more. Um, but you are behold not only to the games, to your audience, but to your co-caster as well. Yep. And so it's it's kind of all those things uh, coming into play. So um, as a baseline, like you really, really need to be working well with your co-caster, bouncing off of them pretty well, teeing them up uh, intelligently, knowing that you're basically always going to be with a color caster um, to where, you know, you want to set them up for success, but also not put them on the spot so much that you're asking them hard questions that are True. they've got to now figure out the answer to. Um, I've made those mistakes before. So it's it's... You know, leading the conversation but not being so overt that you're pinning them down. That that can be a tough skill sometimes. But the the, the co-caster element is is really really relevant. Mm. Um, it is there to be excited for the exciting moments. I think you are kind of the emotional lead of the cast. Uh, you again need to be cognizant of your co-caster. Like some people are higher and lower energy than others. Um, I think of Raz, who's like very boisterous, for example. Uh, it's like you know it. You know, matching someone like Raz versus matching someone like Vedia is going to be different. Yeah. Um, uh and and you know, and i mean literally every caster is, is is different right so uh match that's always going to be different um but yeah you you want to bring out the excitement when the games are exciting um you want to be honest when they're when they're you know pretty one-sided whatever but you also don't want to you know pull a a, a a sort of dumb move and to say oh well this game's literally over it can't be won. there's level 16 Kog'maw. and it's like oh the kog'mon got caught and they lost the game it's like well you're yeah. dumb um and that's more of a color caster point sure but like I have I have heard established, skilled commentators been like, well, this game's unwinnable, and then the game ends five minutes later with them losing. Uh, right? But, you know, again, opposite of what was said by the caster. Um, so, you know, be, be smart about that, right? Leave the door open, but but also be honest about how much a team is is stomping. Uh, a lot of that is just playing off your co-caster, of course. Yep. Um, and I'm kind of diving into, like, calling predictions on a game, but which isn't that much. But um, I will say one thing that actually shaped some of my early uh, casting was... Um, uh, frag videos like I used to watch a lot of like cl- like quake and counter-strike uh, frag videos yeah. And what's nice is those esports were big enough that like a lot of those clips would be shout casted And so Joe yep. Miller is in my head for a lot of these because he cast a lot of this kind of stuff um, and uh, so it's like You know, I I actually tailored myself a little bit to like I want to- I want to be like worth including on a highlight clip Like right? like I want to make sure that like when there is a really sick play or something really cool is happening That like I am I am so very obviously selling the moment with my voice that when you're watching a highlight reel, you know, five years on the line, you're there already and you understand what it is. Um, And, and, you know, you can't set stakes in a 20 minute supercut of, of, you know, cool railgun shots while bunny hopping around DM six. But, you know, but if I can get you there with two words, then, then I've done my job. And obviously in League of Legends, there's clearly highlight reels as well. Obviously, you know, people sometimes watch esports just in highlights. At the end of every season, uh, it's actually one of my favorite parts of casting LCS and and Worlds. It's just like a big rollout of like all the clips that happened in that split or in that tournament, whatever. And all the casters always sit and watch the entire thing for like all five minutes. Like, oh, I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. It is just like really fun for us. Yeah. Um, And so it's like, oh, okay. Uh, I I know currently I still, it's like, it's a badge of honor if like, oh, if what I said was the end clip. Anytime it's, anytime like, you know, let's say TSM beats TL in game five. Anytime a Zale or Kobe is the line instead of me, it means I screwed up. It's not really true. But it's like, I, know I you hope mean. I say this the best thing. Yeah, yeah I, know, I know you do. Um, but it's like, I hope that when they when they call the highlight clip and it's like, hey, we're going to hype up Cloud9 for MSI. It's like, I hope it's one thing I said. I hope it's, you yeah. know, something, something cool. Um, because you want to be at that level, right? Like, you want, you know, the best thing that they've ever done, you know, to match with what you're saying at that point. You know, the pentakills better be really sick. The fact that, you know, people love, um, call them tsm one <laughs> for Lost <laughs> Pentakill. Like, that was a fun call. I know it's really dorky, but like... Right. It's, it, it's matching the moment and people being like, OK, I'll give you that one. You know, yeah. it's like is you, you want to be there. And, and so that's what's that's what will be memorable for you as a play of the caster is if you hit those high moments. Right. Everyone remembers or I think a lot of people remember Doha's like, look at the cleanse of the moves. What was that? Um, What's amazing is, I mean, the actual like, if you break it down, the word choice there is pretty bad. Mm. Look at the cleanse. Look at the moves. What was that? It's not play by play, but yeah. it's hype and who cares? Right. It, it's it, it that, that play is magical and incredibly well played and Doa is selling. How incredibly magical and well played it that feels it the moment matter, that has wor- exactly and that's yeah. great like this is not in any way like doe is bad this is like yeah this is this is you're in the moment and you didn't call the shurikens ever you didn't really It's not yeah. even cleanse qss no one cares right like you hit the moment correctly that's, and right. that's what matters i mean re-
0: recently I, I remember doing a there was a base race i don't know if you saw the rogue warriors base race um no. i think i think it was against Sooning, actually not 100 sure um and I talked about Satchel Charge on, on a Nexus. You know, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't actually work. Nope. It was just an absolute yep. amount of burst from Ziggs uh, from his passive. And, yep. but, but feeling That's the fun. moment, 100% agree. Um, yeah. I, I want to I come back to something as well. Just coming back to the, to the start of this question where you talked about, you know, it does actually fit into the role a bit of, uh, of your duo. Fits into the duo quite a bit. <clears throat> I couldn't agree more because I think as a, as a play-by-play, you are, you are as good as your duo right like you, you can be you can you can sell a series you can put hype in um and that's not to say that it it fully depends on the color caster but it's a play-by-play i think a lot of your job is to bring up you know your color caster as well as you said set them up for success without pigeonholing them or throwing them under the bus with something they know. that's that's why talking before the game talking to your color caster understanding who they are and even building rapport you know, like, mm-hmm. uh like I, I don't, I don't know what you talked to lyric about before you did your world, last world's cast. Um, that was exceptional. <laughs> that that semi-final cast was exceptional, and you know that was like, okay, you've obviously either built rapport, or you had a good chat because uh, you guys were on the same wavelength. So I think that's a good example. Yeah,
1: we we chatted for about an hour beforehand, and I was like, all right, we're on. So yep. that was that was, I guess, a little bit lucky. Strong but hour. I will say though, I'm glad. I, apparently it was. Um, you know, good job lyric. I think he was <laughs> he was exceptional. But um this is actually a very good question to bring up. And obviously, especially if you're an amateur caster, good luck having this happen to you. Mm. um but riot, um again, has done a pretty good job of investing in us as casters. So uh, several years back, um, they had not only invested in um, like bringing vocal coaches to like get us to learn warmups and, and proper technique for not blowing out our voices, which I believe has helped me. Uh, but one of the things that was, I think, a really, really big deal, and maybe it's placebo effect, but I don't think it was, was improv classes. Um, and so oh. the six-ish of us would would sit around and and do like just actual improv for, you know, 30 minutes to an hour or whatever. Cool. Um, and it was, you know, learning all the basic things like yes and and, and you know, fun little games. Um, but... That is around the time I felt like the back and forth and camaraderie among the casters got a lot better. Yep. Maybe it was just like, well, it's our second or third year of casting together and like I'm no longer garbage at play by play. I don't or it really was because of that, but um that's really when it felt like it took a turn and, and it was like so much easier to cast with other people and um it just it felt it felt so much better on like a you know, we're, we're flowing sort of perspective. Yeah. Um, that was actually hugely helpful. And again, you know, it's not like it's, I did a scientific study on this and we did experiments back and forth. There's no AB testing or anything, but, um, that is around the time where it felt like it really leveled up a bunch. And so I'll, I'll credit it likely to improv classes.
0: Yeah. That's it's something interesting. I never thought about that and I've never actually taken improv classes. So, um, they are fun. They I'm sure they are fun, but something that sounds like a bonding experience where, you know, you're doing something silly or something that, I won't call it silly, but something that exposes you as you know as a person, um, mm-hmm. it's always good. Uh, so so moving forward a little bit here as well because I I know when you know a lot of play by plays come to the scene, there's also another issue on the other side where not not knowing the role, but also people wonder how can they prepare for their role? How can they actually as a play by play like what are they meant to do? A lot of people think well, color casters only do the theory. Color casters are the ones who look at VODs and as a play by play, I, I, I'm. You know i need to do something more practical uh give us a run through of what your standard process is in this regard and i feel like it might be eye-opening for people wondering what a play-by-play would prepare for in a, a caliber such as sure. yourself
1: sure um i look at very few VODs. like to be clear um i i i don't think they're terribly helpful mm-hmm. um i think some things are but, but not a lot So so in my uh, spot in particular, I um I get to cheat in that I rarely watch or sorry, I rarely cast the play-in stage. Yep. Um and so this isn't oyster. Like, for example, with MSI, the play-in stage just had like it was just the first group stage and it had all the teams. So okay, that that no longer counted. But like for something like Worlds, for example, um, I don't believe I cast any of play-ins for the last several years. Um and so I get to watch, you know, what, four of the teams that make the group stage with, and it's like, I don't have to prep INTZ. I don't have to prep Bishikdash or, yeah. uh, you know, all these other squads. You know, I don't, I don't have to pick, pe- you know, prep Rampage or Dead FM or whatever. It's like, well, not only will I probably not cast in the group stage, but even if I do, well, we just got all these games from, from plans. And and what that means though, also uh, to, to shift slightly is the, the story of the team's, um, recency matters so much more. Like I can't imagine if I'm going to cast like TL versus cloud nine, uh, that's coming up this weekend. Like I can't imagine the lock-in tournament, any of those champ selects in any of those games mattering. Yep. Like I can reference, hey, remember in the lock-in stage where, um, you know, Team Liquid won three to two. It's like, but that's just a scoreline. Like the only story you're getting out of that series is a scoreline. Yep. And then when they played in in the the spring playoffs, the midseason showdown, it's like, well, Cloud9 won three to one, then they won three to two when, um, Armea was subbed in. And again there are a few parts of those games that you can pull out like, Hey, the fact that cloud nine got first blood all five games and they were all in Alfari's lane. Like that's an easy soundbite, but I don't really have to go watch how and why they did it. It's just not relevant. Like I can't imagine going into game two and I'm like, well, now that we see the, the jungle path for Olaf, this really reminds me of game two of the finals where he did this pathing path on Renekton. And it's like, no, no one, mm-hmm. it's just, it's not relevant enough. Yep. Um, It just isn't right. And, and so those details just, they just get lost. And, and, it can be useful to have that info but it just doesn't it just ultimately doesn't really translate on on air so what you care about are um player stories and player narratives i will always do rookie tracking um i know some people would really like to talk about age i will talk about it very occasionally um but like the fact that Danny is the youngest player in the lcs is like that's kind of neat um and what's interesting for us is like um we're gonna cover every single game of the lcs and i'm gonna hear every single game of the lcs so like I'm going to be there for 27 Danny games, not counting playoffs, yep. uh, which means if you bring it up once every third game. I've heard the same story nine times, yep. um, which like, to me is going to feel like a lot. But to most fans, do you actually watch every single EG game? Now, you might end up c- catching exactly those nine, but like, you know, bringing up that he is, you know, you know, the youngest player in the league is OK once in a while, yep. you know, without overdoing it. And for most audience members, you're not going to overdo it to them. Um, imagine doing every story for every player exactly once across the entire year that's just that's no one bad, would hear right? it. yeah so so right you, you want player stories um you know again things like age and rookie status are, are nice but you know what else they have done you, you know the 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 kind of very similar factors of like you know what's their pedigree but also they done etc you know what are the regions they play in um are there ex teammates you know what else is going on um but again, you know, big, big sort of overall stat packages are really useful. Like, hey, what do they normally play? You know, if you're casting a player like Marin or the Shy compared to like Duke, uh, you know, that's really, really different. And, you know, imagine, you know, your Vettius or something, or I guess we'll keep it for play by play right? You're you're Medic and you're going to cast Cloud9 at Worlds, assuming they make it this year. It's like, you can bring up how good Fudge was at MSI. Like, you don't have to watch his 27 regular season games. You can just say like, hey, what was his lane score? Yep. Like, what was his CSD across the LCS this this split? You don't have to watch a single season game of the of fudge because you can be like oh he has the second best laning stats of all the lcs top laners and remember him at msi he was really good last time we signed internationally too bad yeah. his team didn't do very well that's perfect like that's the stories you need you don't need anything more than that like the fact that i've cast another 20 fudge games doesn't matter um like i'm getting almost nothing out of those games um so so truly i think VOD review is even for a color i think often um unneeded um, or at least, you know, if, if you're getting something out of it, then great. But, but those details are, are so over, I wouldn't say overrated. Um, I think you want to have opinions on players. You know, I think if you want to, we want to come in and be like, you know, stats or whatever. Um, like I'll, I'll do one more example to, to kind of opposite myself. Sure. Um, when Samsung Galaxy made world finals and lost to SKT in five games, they were still deciding if they wanted to play, um, Wraith, Is it Wraith or, uh, Core JJ. Mm. And statistically, just on a very blank page, they were very similar uh, in terms of overall sort of performance. Those players were statistically really, really close to the same. But in watching them play, the team felt better with Corey JJ. Yep. So this was like the one outlier where this is a team would actually, and obviously CoreJJ went on to the next year, like not only just be the dedicated starting support, but they won worlds with him. Um, like this was the, like, the one counterexample where, OK, watching the games mattered because they really did switch. Um, you know, in a recent example for North America, um, Jenkins versus Alfari. you know, they have somewhat different champion pools, they have somewhat different play styles, um, and you can get that from data, but you can also get that from watching the games. Uh, but by and large, right, you're not getting that much out of watching VODs. To move on to the point, again, any player stories, any grand data around laning stats and who gets the gold, who gets the kills, champion pools, champion yeah. pools long-term versus this split. Um, you know, what are they banning? What's banned against them so often? You know, it just, just still no one let jensen play oriana no it's been left up for a while okay good to know right like um it's just i'm gonna pull the setup because it was one that was recent um alfari hasn't won a single game on a champion that was released or reworked this year he is okay. zero and three in that in that metric Gross. um just because i looked it up really recently because he'd been he's been benched out for a while right so like he you know going into playoffs um and you can do it looking at stats he is zero one on mundo zero one on viego and zero one on gwen nice all champions that, that were released or or reworked this year. Oh, and there one and lee sin. Sorry, there's four. Um, because Lee Sin top is new this year, but not reworked. So, you know, asterisk, right? But like yep. he hasn't won any of the new things. Um, and it's like this is a relevant story that you can get by just looking at this season's data. Um, and that's a relevant story. Um so so yeah, it's just I again I don't have to watch 27 games of Alfari. In fact, I you know, 12. It's like, but I can look at games of legends and get that. Uh, and so there are so many places to look and they're all very efficient that I would just say, like, just use all the websites.
0: I was going to say there's so many resources now. It's, it's actually insane. You oh, mentioned awesome. Game of Legends. There's LOL VVV. If you want to get pro solo queue data now as well. Um, yep. yeah, uh, whatever the other one I'm thinking of as well, not probuilds.net is probably, probably up the right avenue. Like mm-hmm. Leaguepedia as well also holds stats. It's funny. You, you have a, you know, it's a strong opinion on VOD reviews. And I think it's, um, I, I think I phrased it, you know, a little bit perceiving in my English a little bit strangely to, to open things up. I do like that you bring up narrative because uh, narrative is the strongest selling point. It is, you know, how you can pull a lot of the audience in, I feel. Um, you know, take LPL, for example, with 17 teams. It is really hard mm-hmm. for people to to attach to a team, to feel loyalty towards a team or find a team to root for because there are so sure. many different stories. But, you know, that's where you do find the strong stories and that's where you do attach those strong stories to those teams. Um, so I, I like that as a point And I, I, do, I haven't actually... The only VOD review I've done is a, of my own casting in the past, actually this whole split, mm-hmm. you know, and watching highlights yep. is, is something I'll do anyway, just to get a feeling for a team. But apart from that, yeah, um, mm-hmm. couldn't agree more. So so let's go more into preparation for broadcast on the other side, because um, if you're doing narrative work with your casting, let's talk more about you and what you will do yeah. to warm up for a broadcast, whether it's voice, whether it's, you know, preparation, you know, if it's that hour with lyric and, or or Worlds or anything. um, Walk me through what you do before a broadcast just to get ready to go on stage.
1: Right, so this is gonna vary uh, depending on if it's regular season or playoffs or something even bigger like Worlds. Uh, So regular season, um you know we all get in a few hours early uh go through rehearsal whatever we don't talk about much uh we just talk about like whatever's going on in the day um and usually this kind of stuff is relevant and, and obviously a regular season game is a bit lower stakes so if like there's uh, a funny joke going around the internet or you know just like a topic in the league community so maybe we bring it up you know during the cast yep. and and you know having that conversation earlier just because we're talking and we're friends uh it means it's kind of there in front of mind and we know how each other are thinking about it and and so on um if it's you know a new patch week you know maybe talk about the patch a little bit whatever but just you know chatting with all the other on-air talent um and um i haven't needed to do any specific vocal warm-ups um sometimes i will and it's you know a lot of humming and you know hitting various vocal ranges and and, and, you know practicing diction very slightly but um almost none of us do a a lot of really warm-up because you know it's three regular season games you're not yelling that loudly you're not going to have that long of a shift it you know there's not really a need for it because um, there's plenty of time filled by everyone else, toss the analyst desk, whatever. So it's usually not that difficult. Um, That said, as the stakes go up, the amount of sort of preparation goes up. um, Just often there's fewer people in the area because like, Hey, if I'm casting MSI semis, it's like, well, me and Lyric and like one of the people like from on air, maybe are there. Otherwise Mm. it's just, you know, everyone else who's the staff was like, okay, well, it's just me and him. It's like, well, we're going to talk about the games because what else are there to do? It's, you know, 1130 at night on a, tuesday or something you know what else we're we going to talk about but the games and the teams and oh hey you know you know how do you feel about miss so far you know what do you feel about these teams you know what does it feel about you know do you feel as a favorite we just talk about the games yeah. um but basically it's it's getting on the same page with your co-caster um is what it is what it comes down to um because okay obviously there's the stakes go up the seriousness goes up and and the amount of focus goes up um and it's saying like hey you know who do we think is a favorite um what am i looking for in this pick and ban you know based on what i've seen because especially with the color caster like uh, especially for something like worlds and, and playoffs is like you're going to cast like one or two games like one or two teams you know sets of teams uh, a week at that point yep. right maybe you're on two series and playoffs in a weekend um but oftentimes things like worlds like you're doing you're doing one quarterfinal yeah like you have one match to prep for and it's it's 10 players and it's like well what else are you going to do in those five days in between group stage and quarters except prep those teams so it's like okay what else are they to do but but do even more absurd prep and like actually predict a pick ban okay yeah that might be worthwhile when you have a well we could do nothing else but what but prep that match sure. um that means i can pick their brain even more and it's like okay so you know what do we really think is going to come on here and you know based on what i've seen you know i really think you know this pick is good and i think this is a good counter that you know what this team is playing um and so yeah that's that's um that's kind of the the individual match prep is is kind of spending the time together on a couple hours before the match um, and getting on the same page for like how we feel, cause you don't want to be in a spot where it's like, I think Wei's best ADK here. Well, I think jungler. I think Wei's best jungler in the tournament. I think he's actually garbage. Like, yeah, that can be an interesting discussion, but like, you should probably try to get on the same page, you know, for like yeah. a, a semi-final, uh, generally speaking. And also how could you be that far apart, uh, when it's Way? and he was obviously the best, but, um, <laughs> at least at the tournament. Um, True. but, but <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so so yeah it, it's just kind of talking with your co-caster and and getting on the same page for like what narratives you want to talk about um is this an upset is it not um hey you know by the way if if uh psg talon wins it's the first time um that the lms or pcs has won a best of anything since ever you know and, yep. you know you can ask to be like tpa was the gpl it's different right or, or we gonna say since 2012, right? Like whatever. Um, but you know, getting that you know, exercise out often because I I love grandiose narratives. Mm. Like I will rehearse it with my co and Be like, does this sound correct? or Does it sound wordy? Like, can I get the shorter? And I will get those ready because like I want to bring it up two or three times during the best of five. Um, like I want it to be like, hey, by the way, the stakes here is like, these guys like never advance. Yeah. Like they get into groups all the time and they never advance. But you know, this roster looks so much better. Like like the players they've got, it looks really good. Um. Can they do it this time um and 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 so that's you know it, it's wrestling those kind of things making sure it's ready to go for air um and just kind of getting all the narratives you expect to have out on the table um around game three between games i'll start like thinking like what would the end game call now be like like now that i've watched the series play out like i won't usually do it like in the shower leading up to the morning um unless it's like a really special thing like a world final yeah um but it's like okay well now that skt are two and o, what is a three o, like what is the call for a three and o? because like I can make it up on the spot, but like, I'd rather spend a few minutes getting ready for something like that. Um, right. And, it, and it's, it's just prepping that game. It's like, okay, we're done with game one. So what happened in game one? Like, do we think like this team underperformed? Like, do we think, um, y- y- you know, were what, what the big storylines, oh yeah, you know, I really want to see more out of way. Like the man has, you know, 17 first bloods in 18 games and he got no kills for 20 minutes in this one. Like that's really uncharacteristic. Oh yeah, we should bring that up. That's a good point. Right. And it's like looking back over your stats docs and seeing like what lines up with, with what happened and what doesn't um you know as well as you know what is the story of a team winning what is the story of a team losing look like um and starting to get that ready as you go on reacting not only to the game that you had but the tournament they have had and, and kind of building off of it
0: I, I feel like that's an important point you know you're talking about um because uh, I guess a lot of people would expect you know straight, straight go to vo- vocal warm-ups right but you once again bring in the relationship with your partner caster and how important the color caster is to the duo as well because when it is one series I, I mean a playoff series right it has the same meaning whether you followed them through the playoff bracket or not. Um you have 10 players, as you said, 10 players and you have two teams to look at and your color cast has usually done so much, um, uh, so much in-depth research or, or so much uh, deep looking that you can pick their brain and, and it'll go on for miles and miles and miles. Um, mm-hmm. will, will you ever like, let's say we get to those, those world finals or whatever, will you switch to something like a, a, a voice routine? Will you actually do a, a proper voice warm-up? Um, outside of that as well like is there something specific you'll go to
1: uh for for a big best of five yeah i mean a lot of it is just because there's not much else to do right yep. because like, again, there's fewer people in the studio at that point because there's, there's only the one casting set and maybe the yep. MLSS set in the case of msi they were in different continents so it was just you know me and lyric for example um for world finals in the case of doing it in uh china back when or yeah in china back when uh samsung galaxy actually won um Quick chat was there as an understudy just in case we had like a decent number of people plus the analyst test. So there's you know maybe eight kind of us, um, but yeah it's like um, I'll, I'll do vocal warmups, especially if you know it, it's gonna go to five games or it often can like that's that's a bigger day. The stakes were a lot higher. It's way more hype, um, and so doing doing some warm ups um, whether just you know tongue twisters and 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 yep. poems and stuff or or just you know humming and and hitting notes and whatnot. Um, any any time where it's like okay i've been yelling really hard in the middle of a game i will do a lot um in between games so the big one that i'll usually do is basically like put on blowing through a straw while while humming Mm. and and just trying to hit like all the notes in my vocal range like to like warm up all the vocal cords i know that like trying to clear your throat constantly is not beneficial it'll feel like you want to do that if you've kind of started to blow your voice out but Mm. that is productive. um, you know, drink some water. I know people like tea with honey. I don't usually go for that. Okay. Um, but I will, I will hum a lot and just like keep all the vocal cords warm. Um, that's the primary thing that I do is just like, okay, we just, we vibrate them a lot. We get them warm. Um, and, and then I will, you know, continue to try to like measure myself, make, make sure I'm not starting out too high. Um, yeah. you know, make, um, I know one thing I worked on with one of the vocal cords that we had was, um, She's talking about how to yell more properly because you, you can you can yell and be really excited and you can yell like this, right? And so there's there's different <laughs> kinds of yelling and yeah. yelling like this for a while can blow your voice out. And so knowing when to do it, how to do it safely. Um, I mean, I'm certainly no metal screamer. Um, if I ever you know try Not to yet. mimic some some in flames lyrics, it's going to go bad quickly.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but but you know it's like. That, that's fine. It's, you know, let's just, you know, stay off that one. Um, but not doing it too much. I know my world semis with C9 winning against, um, Afrika, like I blew my voice out and I pushed too hard. Um, and that's it happens. Like that was bad form. It happens, but, but again, it was, it's all because of bad form. Um, it was, and, and also just even, even beyond that, like push too hard in the moment to like go beyond what is yeah. recognizable speech. Um, and so like trying to get a 12, like you should never, ever try to cast at a 12. A 10 is a 10. You should not go beyond that or yep. you're actually inting.
0: Yeah,
1: Um yeah, Like, you know, y- your voice is an instrument. Just the instrument only works a certain way. Like, don't be stupid. Um, I did something similar. Yeah, there, there's there's stories from, like, band back in the day that aren't really relevant. Playing instruments, you know, not as instruments. And just kind of, like, you know, getting rid of all sense of tone and, and musical skills. Like, yeah, okay, that, that's stupid. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, do try to peek at a 10. Understand what a 10 actually is sitting at an eight or a nine is still going to be really really hype so you have to be able to go somewhere from there um and and you know just getting appropriate range you know for all that is is really valuable
0: yeah i feel like getting lost in the moment will uh unincidentally push that 12 uh it's definitely Mm -hmm. happened to to the best of us and yeah something something that i needed to work on as well uh it's 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 hard because I, i think at the end of the day like You know, you talk about, you know, feeling a moment and and being excited for the game as a play-by-play will. Uh, Sometimes you do go above and beyond, so you're right, you know, you need to know your limitations. You also need to know uh, what your voice can do and how to properly use it. You're right, and diaphragm, all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff has been talked about Mm -hmm. before. Um, We've already pretty much answered what the role in the cast is for Colorcaster. I think you give me a really good rounding to that. So I want to move on to personal questions and kind of, like talk about your perspective because at the start of the show we we mentioned and you gave me the round out uh you know you you started with warcraft 3 you really built up full-time casting from 2013 the start of lcs um as, as one of these og casters as someone who's been a color caster to play by play um how do you how do you feel the the difficulties in developing over the years like how many hoops have you gone through uh staying relevant i guess is hopefully not too harsh of a question. And continuing to be a, a top person in your craft,
1: yeah, uh, I mean it it's it's paying attention and and um you know trying and and paying attention in the sense that like, okay, you get a cast and then and then, okay, what worked, what didn't mm. um it's it's a lot of you know listening back to what happened again, highlight reels being a big part of it. um and like, okay, you know, am I doing these these moments just, just properly? um but a lot of it is I really feel like I can hear it in the moment. I can hear it in the time and i think i used to be much less self-aware so i'll go back to the cringe years of 2012 or so um i remember uh casting it was the world's i'm pretty sure it was the world's 2012 qualifier for na at pax prime um and i'm casting with like jat or something and he says like he's we're in champs like he's like yeah um I, i think this team's gonna look for a lot of picks here and i'm like there's no lulu in this composition and it's not delivered well at all i like cut him off it's not funny um and like for the longest time i just didn't get it like this is this is, this is really bad like to be clear mm. um and and it's just like okay freak just take a hint that like not everything has to be a joke understand like the actual delivery of humor and how that's supposed to go respecting your co-caster in the first place like and 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 i truly didn't get it at the time i was like i don't understand what the negative feedback is i just made a joke like it's good to be humorous on air idiot yeah um and, and and i feel like i'm at a you know much better spot now where it's like okay i can understand what felt like a good call i can understand what felt kind of weird and stilted between us yeah um i know one of things i flattened out relatively recently this is maybe uh 2015 or 16 ish whenever gbm was playing in na uh so an energy was a team okay and uh i remember there were situations where like an elise would walk up in cocoon and this is like the era of GPM since him or someone else. Uh, he just doesn't sidestep or flash cocoon and just gets chunked from full health and dies. And Elise walked up, cast went to human form, pressed cocoon. He didn't flash. He didn't cleanse. I don't know if he had cleanse, but doesn't dodge. And it's like, okay, he's dead. And it's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm a commentator. We're going to talk about this. And I was so in my head about like flaming players that I was like something to the effect of saying, wow, you know, he he saw this coming and, and saw transform and saw cocoon and just... Just didn't dodge it and i mean realistically i mean this this felt like it was easy to do ah it's just kind of unlucky i guess because i just want to say like you're bad yeah um and and i remember people and, I, and a similar one this was um when Seraph joined clg as a top laner and he was hyped up so much because monte cristo was on the analyst desk during like whatever the event before that was he's like oh this guy's amazing he's so good oh my god um and Seraph had this like jacks game where he starts up 2-0 and 12 cs and it's like, all right, you're a two and O Jax. It's free. Right. Yeah. And he ends the game like two and seven or something bad. I'm probably exact exaggerating slightly, but like it's about that bad. He started out literally two-and-o and then did nothing with the lead. And I'm like, you know, they, they brought him Seraph hoping to carry, and he started the game two and oh, and I just I mean he ended up like two and six or whatever. Like I just I just don't the carry. Like I just expected more from him and and so in both these it's like i didn't say it was true i didn't say what i was feeling i was sugarcoating my words and like picking other the things gbm wasn't unlucky because he didn't sidestep the cocoon he failed serif wasn't um you know not the carry he went from two and out to two and seven on jacks like these are bad things these yeah. players played poorly um and just actually embracing that and just saying no this is bad um was was a big thing um and um, again, because like I had thought, okay, it's not correct to like go out and flame people, you know, whatever. I want to sugarcoat a little bit, but if I was just honest, I would have done better. And and yeah. so, um, learning over time, what kinds of things I should be saying, uh, I mean, like, you know, I didn't like do some moment of introspection and been like, man, I can't wait to like flame CLG for bad macro, mm. but in summer of last year, when they're up three dragons and 8,000 gold and then give up Baron and dragon soul, it's like, you guys have done nothing. Actively proactive in the neutral game. And it was like, I just it's the line. And everyone's yeah. like, I agree, freak. That's a good call. And and it's I don't want to be known as the guy who flames people, but hey, when there's a really horrible play, I need to call it a really horrible play. Um, even if the word choice isn't perfect, even if you know it's it's whatever, it's like, but I'm gonna match the emotion of all the fans who are just pissed that their team sucks. True. Um and I'm just as I'm going to match the emotion of I'll use Doe again because I think it's it, it matches the emotion really well, of like look at the of the moose faker, what was that? Like how the hell? Um yeah. and, and that's just good, right? That that's that's I think a good choice. Um I, I yeah, so so um just kind of building enough confidence to be like I know what's good. And to be fair, in 2012 I thought I knew it was good by making a dumb Lulu Pix joke, right? Like that's it's still the same thing, kind of. Um, I'm just smarter, Uh, and and so I I think uh, oftentimes it is just like, hey, intuitively cast to what you think is good, and just hone your intuition, like hone your craft for the course of time. Um, I will still listen to other casters in other esports or in traditional sports, um, and be like, like you know, I'll watch like an NBA highlight clip and like, did I like how he called that, you know, that three-pointer or that steal and, and the dunk or whatever, and I'm like. Okay, I guess, you know, and, and, you know, yes or no, I'll think about, you know, would it work for us, would it not? Um, but I'm happy to always, you know, take those moments because at the end of the day, downtime between fights is a conversation with a co-caster, which is not too hard. Yep. Um, and okay, be entertaining, keep up with the game, whatever. And then in the moments, well, there's a lot of those, right? There's a lot of places you can compare yourself to. And so there's kind of the two modes to play play casting, I feel like. Um, and so if I can pay attention to those two modes and then... Think about what, what does well in one spot, one does well in another. Uh, for example, since I do, you know, so much analysis during downtimes, like, my downtime co-casting is kind of being a second color caster in, in a dual cast. In a tri-cast, I just shut the hell up and, like, Kobe and Azale just talk. Yep. And it's like, all right, you can do your thing. I will chime in once in a while. If I have something worth saying, I'll be like, hey, let me in. Hey, by the way, Alfari is zero four 4 on, you know, like, that's that's useful to have if they don't yep. have it at the fingertips. I, I can chime in for that. Um, But otherwise, it's like, cool, I can I can, you know, back off and you know, as a player I play in a, in a tri-cast, it's like, okay, it's mostly just about those big moments.
0: Well, let's come back though quickly. You talk about honesty and, and, how you developed over the years and, you know, being more honest with things now. Um, do you feel like it was your development, but also how castings actually changed in general? I, I feel like if we talk about right casting or we talk about, you know, especially when I came into the scene, uh, started 2015, but 2017 Challenger series, it was very strict and like, you don't call players bad. You don't, you know Mm. i don't feel like there was a certain level of honesty and openness that there is now with right casting i don't know if that's because a lot of right casters have become contractors and big names have moved on there's been development in the scene um do you have any thoughts on 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 that
1: um i know there definitely have been discussions um, internally, like across the casting team, um, even well before anyone became, you know, more of a freelancer or contractor or whatever, um, about like, hey, what, what's our style going to kind of look like? Um, yep. I know there is um, a quick debate really briefly back in 2013, 14-ish, like, should we keep calling it CS or get a different, you know, acronym or initialism for minion kills? Because right. CS is Creep Score. It's a it's a Warcraft 3 thing and that's a Dota thing. Yep. Um, and I was much right in the camp of like, let's rebrand CS. Like, this is just two letters. That means nothing to most of our players like yeah it's a carryover from whatever but like i thought we could have influenced people enough to get there um and ultimately we just stuck with cs whatever i got outvoted um but you know there have been like things like that as an example of of what a style guide is going to look like um i know when um you know people started to play more mages in the bot lane it's like we need to not call it ziggs adc he's not an adc adc stands for ad carry remember don't be stupid um you know, let's be smart about calling them marksman junglers like Graves and Kindred. Like they're playing a marksman in the mid lane, like Tristana or Lucian. Like this isn't hard. Let's let's just use our words. And, and so I know that I would push a lot of casters to like try to use better terms because, you know, oh they're running this, they're running ADC Graves. No, they're not. They're running, they're they're or they're running, you know, they're running bot, they're running bot zigs, and they're running, you know, a marksman jungler. We, we can talk about double marksman team comps, right? And the fact they usually scale pretty well, and that it's really AD heavy, and things like that. Like that's useful. But you know, let's use terms for what they mean. Um. I couldn't tell you for sure. I mean, maybe this is true, maybe it's not. I just can't remember. If there is a really overt style guide around being uh, positive, being negative, I know this is still a discussion that like we're having to some degree. Uh, Like the LCS is right now pretty definitively over the last like three years of history, the number four league in the world. Like it is is LPL and then LCK and then LEC and then LCS. That is the stack ranking right now. And this can change year over year based on results, but that is absolutely the obvious stack ranking um we are number four we are not number five we are not number six we are not number three um and it's like okay well we have some very very good teams and very very good players but we probably don't have the world champions it's like that's okay we can be honest to like what is good and what is bad like we have perks perks who won an msi that's right he has been exceptionally exceptionally good right this is a true thing about what he has done um our lec fans gonna be like oh g2 sucks it's like no they're the they are the former reigning msi champions you're gonna be hyped about g2 until they show otherwise it's like and we can be hyped about perks we can be hyped about double lift or core jj and, and impact and co like we know these are good players we know what their ceilings are like we can be excited about them we can't just be like oh it's na they're trash it's like this is like lazy commentary and and Sure. um it's not even like fair or honest or accurate like actually breaking down a plane if it's good or bad can almost never be done in the moment it, it's going to be really tough to do and so this is a little related right it's a little style guide based but it's like okay let's be honest in the moment it can be really hard to know if like a roam was bad or good um you can just say well yeah he roamed topside and there weren't any wards in the blue buff area and he got cut off and it's like oh yeah actually what happened was the jungle support recalled in fog of war and made a blind guess that there was a top dive and they happened to catch Jazuke. That's a really smart play by the jungler in support. Suzuki yeah. made a very normal roam to go top lane. That's just a good play, and he got caught by you know people being smart. Um, and like you can't get that normally, right? Like that's not going to happen until you do replay review. So it's it's dumb to be like, oh, which well, Jizuke must be bad. Yeah. Like, there's things to like take the take the the foot off the pedal. Um, so that's the kind of stuff that I mean we do talk about as, as a style guide kind of thing. Um, and, you know, in the case of, hey, this guy didn't dodge Cocoon, or hey, this 2-0 jacks went 2-7, and it's like, let's be honest about the fact that, like, you know, I can try to play it back in my mind, because, like, to me, if I'm watching this game again now, I'm like, okay, it's a 2-0 Jax start, let's focus on what they can do with the jacks. And it's like, oh, wow, the jungler never showed up and helped him, right? And he got camped like hell, and the support and jungler kept 3v1 and the guy under turret. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, Seraph was 2-0 in lane, and never once did Dexter come over and help his lane. Yeah right like never once in the counter game form right then we can tell the honest story about what happened you know and not just like not serif bad but (laughs) Seraph was 1v3 and and but then be confident in that story because we were paying attention to it and and so that's the kind of thing right is is you can be confident in stories that you're paying attention to like i can be pretty confident in that i'm tracking dragon setups because like i'm good enough at the game to understand dragon setups yeah and so when clg just gives up four dragons in a row from a gold lead like yeah they just never did a dragon setup that's a fact. i can be confident and deliver this flame
0: yeah I'll also say replays coming into the system, you know, many years ago, but still a replays always a good chance as well to tell the honest truth about what happened. And um, Mm -hmm. what I've really liked doing over the past couple of years is, you know, while the color cast is going through talking about, you know, what happened or or rather, you know, what went wrong, finding those little details about what I was talking about in the fight. Like, oh, the Shy got caught. out. What was he doing here? And then elaborating Mm -hmm. and being like, oh, actually my bad about the Shy. He was, you know, he was just roaming around and, you know, elaborating on something like that. I I will also say that um on this on, on this style guide and uh, around this topic i feel like regions like lck i'm not sure about lbl because there's been a lot of development with the english broadcast and it's changed but mm-hmm. regions like lck as well definitely went outside the style guide for a while you know people like uh, ls as a caster um i think going yeah. back as well to to monty and Doran, how honest they were and and hard they were with with pushing i guess what they saw as their truth definitely sure. maybe changed uh maybe not the style guide but like how we perceive casting it's it's a very different brand right which is also good in itself because not all broadcasts are the same
1: it's interesting because um so this is this is really odd because so it's like really multifaceted i'll try to get it as best i can without trying to flame because i'm not trying to flame um i think um and i mean i say this as as the major region cast uh, as the major region caster of the weakest of the major regions Uh, being full aware there's bias in what I'm about to say. Um, I think, um, casters get extra credit because of the region they cover, right? So, so I wouldn't say that for example, Monte Cristo was like natively smarter than Kobe or Jad or Azale or whoever, but Monte Cristo cast the LCK, which had like six straight world champions. So if you want to watch the literal best teams in the world. There was one color cast you will listen to, and that is Monte Cristo, and one playable cast caster that you will listen to, and that is Doa. Yep. Right. For the longest time, it was those two. Then it became Papa Smithy and, and Brendan and, and all the other people, right? Um, and I think uh so let's think about the people who then watch the English commentary of the LCK. Um, you know, it might be, you know, uh Koreans who speak English, um, you know, whether they're Korean Americans or whatever, but um you know, and there could be like a cultural attachment as well, whatever, but I would say probably most of those viewers are people who want to watch the literal best League of Legends, which true. of course, right? Why not watch the literal best teams in the world? This is objectively true. SKT won three world championships. No one else has won more than one. If you kind of count Samsung, whatever. Um, so it's like, well, of course. Um, so now, right, not only are you, and I say this, like, not meaning as Flame, but I'm just going to use the term to mean the term, now you're a little bit elitist, uh, because, right, you're, you're watching players that you can't really talk with directly, You don't you don't know them very well outside mm-hmm. of, you know, People translating for them, and and Moni and Doa and everyone else doing the best they can to, to tell their story, which is you know great, and that's good commentary. Uh, it's like you're a little bit elitist because you're 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 watching players that you don't know as well, but you want to watch the best teams, and you're just kind of kind of absorb that these are also the best commentators, right? And and yes, these guys get to talk to the players a little bit, right? You know Moni, you know living in Korea gets gets to talk with these players once in a while, you know whether through translator, and so yeah, he gets to hear some sound bites from how these players play uh, and how they think about the game, and so there is probably some extra learning going on, but I think there is a an element of well, they cast the best region. They're the they're the smartest casters. And even regardless, right? Even if you don't watch the LCK, it's like well, but those people are on Reddit, right? Who on Reddit is talking about LSs or Papa Smithy's or Mighty Crystal's commentary? Except the LCK fans who are watching the LCK in English Did and listening to them. So it's people who are opting into the broadcast, talking about their now favorite commentators. Very loyal. And, and you know. Right. And so there's some loyalty there. Um, this is not to say that they're bad casters anyway, because I don't think they are bad casters. But but if you're going to use Reddit as your barometer for who's a good caster, well, you've got a, a slew of Reddit commentators who are very hardcore, right? Because they're watching the LCK, um, you know, with, with, you know, comparatively less player connection just for the gameplay. And they're going to be exact with only these casters for the entire season. Um, talking about how their region's the best, and it's going to bleed over a little bit. Um, and, and so I think you, you get that push a little bit. So the other facet of this discussion is the fact that, um, I'm happy to be casting full-time in NA because we have a bunch of casters here, um, and the producers here and whatnot, and, and their opinions matter a lot more and, and their opinions matter way more than Reddit or Twitter's opinion. Um, which is to say that like, if someone comes to me and is like, Hey, I really like how you cast that team fight. I will trust like a Zale's opinion more than I trust random Redditor, you of know, course. CLG fan 69, um, <laughs> and, and to you know, a very significant degree. Um. And so when there's a reddit thread about how um NA production sucks and you know the time between games is way too long it's like, well, okay, we can adults can look at this and be like, oh, well, the LCS transition time in the beginning of the summer split was 10% longer than the LEC transition time. Like, it was about 20 to 22 minutes was, like, the the mean for the first several weeks. Um, And then if you're looking at, like, LCK or LPL, it's like, well, they play best of threes. They don't have to, like, switch out headsets. They don't have to clean anything. They don't have to, like, get out of their chairs and put new people in and set up and then checklist again. It's like, yeah. well, of course, those games are faster. That's That's not even apples to like that's not even fruit to fruit like you're comparing yeah. tomatoes to pizza um you know like there's a component right you're still players sitting down but like there's tomato sauce, but there's all this other stuff going on like switching out the headsets and getting a new keyboard down it's like that's okay we can measure to lec and be like oh we are 10 percent slower okay we can do something about that right and, and like the times are now better uh, i think in like week seven our transit times are faster than lec was there a reddit thread no of course not um because <laughs> no they're not going to keep that close tabs and i don't blame them i'm not saying like reddit's dumb like they were indeed accurate but yeah the time difference was 10 percent, and we can actually then go look at it as experts in our field and be like okay how do we get this down right how do we get the rest of it um and just like okay you know feedback noted but we're gonna take it from here kind of thing um so i know this is like about style guide or whatnot but this is to say that like um, I think every commentator has allowed their own style. I don't, I really don't think there was like this big on high style guide that you had to adhere to when you were getting in trouble if you didn't do it. I really don't think that was true. Okay. Um, but everyone had their own style. Um, and again, I, I know for a fact, like, I went way too hard on not being critical, and that was a mistake. Um, I think there are current people in the scene right now who go way too hard on people are dumb when they're not dumb mm. and it's like you can break things apart and be like this is actually a totally reasonable play it happened to not work but like you're just being rude to be rude without actually analyzing the play right so like both sides can happen um and and so you know this is kind of where we are
0: I mean that's it's completely fair I I I know that me as a caster i definitely fit into the more dangerous side um definitely an issue I've had in the past trying to pull back um, without losing, you know, the, the sense of honesty that we talked about, it, it's an interesting conversation because I I, I could completely agree that. You know when you get the best players i feel like lpl casters in the past two years community's been very positive i wonder why mm-hmm. um you won worlds twice one worlds twice <laughs> <laughs> now suddenly best casters not to say that right. the, and, and the now, team's not smurfing and but... now the
1: narrative by the way now the narrative around lpl is mm. not oh i mean this is a little left over right but it's not like oh it's just it's just a bunch of teams monkey fighting and limit testing it's like oh yeah they are really good their macros really good it's like yeah because they're you know they're winning the world final best mm. of five so they must be smart and and like even even if the right it's just like Ah, now now the community perception is that yeah. it's smart aggression. Yeah, so they're just smarter players now. You know, like real they, limit. They're texting. just good at taking yeah. those fights. Yeah, <laughs> and obviously, like there's the fun memes around Ning. Like you know, his team's ahead, so he should fight. The team's behind, mm. so they need to fight to get ahead. Like you know, that's fun. Um, obviously, yep. you know, everyone has their own memes, but um, it's like now that now that people believe your teams are smart, now when your color caster calls them smart, now they're believed. Like remember mm. when Edward Gaming was baby blue, like they had to be measured in terms of Korean teams. They were yep. just allowed to be good on their own on their own right. It's like you just fast forward a few years and it's like, well, now we just have fun plus Phoenix and they're just actually, you know, it's like or whatever, right? Yep. Um, you know, now we have RNG and they're just actually good and, and we can just say that they're good and we can just talk about the players being good. And it's like, oh yeah, they may just have the best players.
0: I wonder how that it would was have been.
1: Uzi trying to carry the entire region.
0: Oh, I wonder how it would have been if uh, LPL didn't actually win that Worlds. I mean, that's uh, interesting thing to mm-hmm. think about. I mean, the viewership's gone up on the English broadcast as well. For context, um, that's great. That's another well, definitely a cause because of Worlds. Um, and IG has mm-hmm. definitely become one of the favorite teams. I don't know if you saw, but IG out of playoffs after seven years, always making it. Is it was a, mm-hmm. talk about fun narratives? Um, moving forward, because uh, again, I don't want to. I don't, don't want to keep you for too long. I appreciate it so far. Um, I've already talked about staying fresh and and how you've kind of changed throughout the years. Um, because as a, as a caster as well, and I was actually talking to Lyric about this. We, you know, noticing throughout the years when there's something statistically wrong or there's something you know wrong on broadcast further on that honesty you now are very open with it and like i don't agree with this item choice i remember it, it was either at worlds yep. or listening to um lcs you coming out and saying i don't agree with this item choice and you're confident you you know because yep. you, you do a you do a lot of um you do a lot of patch rundowns you do a lot of math which yep. is more than i've ever done in my whole life i think so
1: yeah this topic real quick i think yep. there is exactly one right way to cover this um Please. i say this there probably is more than one but this is how i view it right now um anytime that a team makes it makes it makes this decision you think is incorrect or you know uh when they're wrong I, I think the right way to cover it is to say hey there are trade-offs here right so okay um you know they're going lord dominic second which like you know i don't think is correct right now but uh, you, you try to you try to find the logic because people aren't idiots yep um they're just you know okay making bad macro calls is like there's there's sort of a solve to that whatever in terms of like, you know, what does your champ like look like? You know, what what champion did you pick? What pathing did you go for? Um, what item builds you go for? It's like, okay, here is what the pros and cons are. I ultimately disagree because I think the you know the other side of this thing is going to happen more likely. But this is what this is what the thought process is, right? Yep. So if we're looking at um rage knife zeal instead of rage blade was one that came up um a little while back in the in the middle of the last split I think it's like well, we can talk about that briefly, you know. Um, Rageblade itself is a very efficient item, and Zeal is gonna convert really well into, into damage, and the move speed is high. Um, that said, it is a DPS loss, right? Like, Rageblade itself is gonna be more DPS, but hey, he's valuing the Zeal move speed, so... You know, he's making a judgement call here. I, I can see it. And and it's like, you, and you, you can still, like, take a strong stance saying, I think build X was better than build Y. But here's why they chose build Y. Here's the pros and cons, um, and I think that's actually just a good way about it. it. It gives you the honesty. It gives you an out in case the other thing happens. Yeah. Um, but and and ultimately, in general, it's just more. It's more compelling anyway. Like even if you are right at the end of the day, it's like I like the I like X instead because reason is just the right way to deliver. I think thing is bad. Um, you know, it's 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 better content than what a stupid Rome that was terrible. It's like yeah. oh, you know, he went for the top room because they're sitting at the top dive. Ah, oh, you know the obviously like they didn't know that brahm was on the way up and like m- and you can cheat into it a little bit like should they have known brahm coming up like you know you, you can kind of do the-, the second half of the conversation maybe but um i think i think that is the kind of the right way to talk about mistakes um when they are like individual in the moment
0: things yeah leaving it leaving it open as well because it- if you pigeonhole yourself I-, I know in the past it's definitely been a detriment to you know some casters where Or this is wrong or we don't agree with this or or you know making fun of the choice as well i can definitely lead you down that path um it's interesting to me because i I think you more so than any caster any play-by-play especially you have so much behind you so much evidence like if people want to look at why you're bringing up this topic or you know you Mm -hmm. might understand it but you say well i don't agree with it you have your patch notes behind you. you have any content you've ever done behind you as well I think gives you not a pedestal but a moment of strength of talking that people will go, Well, Freak's saying yep. it, so I understand, I I agree with it, and I see where he's coming right. from.
1: Yeah, if you're trying to like, you know, take me to a math argument, like, hey, I could do the math wrong, but like if I'm saying, Oh, this is just more DPS, like I can just say it because like I know. Yep. It's like, oh yeah, a second is basically always more DPS. This is a fact, right? Yep. And and so it means that I'm I'm now equipped with shorthand, right? I can already skip a step and say, like, well if you're off DPS, it's just this item every time, um, which can be useful in and of itself. Um, but yeah, like it's it's building the and this this goes back to talking about the lck cast as well right where um you know I know a lot of people like really like Monte cristo and 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 Papa Smithy as well and now ls um it's like okay you know have they built the the pedigree to say hey well i if i stand behind my convictions like do you believe me right yep. ha, have i have i built the trust that i know what i'm doing um and and you know if you don't have that intrinsically because oh well it's you know, it's double lift on the casting desk. You know, and he well, he won eight championships. So, like, are you going to believe him? Um, no, I think doublelift is a bad example because I think he has uh, often really inaccurate takes. But you know, if you're if you're Reaperd right and you coached
0: a it's bunch a of championships
1: I, I say that, that yeah that's going to give me a lot of faith in you if yep. if you're literally faker i'm going to put a lot of faith in what you say cool. about mid lane matchups and and Double's point if he tells me who wins a bot lane matchup i'm going to trust that guy yep right if he tells me who's you know is raptors worth it here i'm not but um if he's telling me who's going to win the bot lane matchup i believe him yeah. um and and so it's like he is he has absolutely undeniably cultivated the the expertise in bot lane matchups and it's like like, and I can't speak to that, right? Like, I can I can talk about, like, win rate differentials and that, like, oh, well, um, you know, Malphite wins more games against Jace than the average champion. And, okay, people actually also know Malphite tends to be kind of a to Jace. Uh, but, you know, I'm not going to tell you who wins the first three levels of Callista versus um, Varus. I have no idea. But, you know, if you bring, you know, any pro level AD carry onto the desk, they're going to tell you. And yeah. that's really cool. That That's insight that they have. They can just be like, oh, yeah, Varus wins a matchup pre 3 and all you have to do is just say that, right? It's like, oh yeah, I I, I believe you, Zen. Um, whatever you say, and that's great.
0: Yeah, not not going the wrong way. I mean, not going further than your limitations, right? Knowing what you know is a big part, and again, something that you know definitely. <laughs> I had a lot of issues with some some years talking about things I had I had no business talking about. Um, before we get towards the end of the show and before we start talking about what casters can do to get started uh we do have some questions that have been posted in the chat a little bit before um i wanted to start with um i want to start with bryce uh does the consensus of the community affect your enthusiasm towards your hype while casting i guess during casting you're not looking at you know chat or anything like that but no
1: absolutely not but um,
0: um yeah
1: correlation more than causation like, hey, I'm hyped for EG because EG might be the best team in the LCS. That's really cool. Yep. Um, So I'm hyped for EG because EG are awesome. Um, a- And other people are also hyped for EG because they saw what I saw. They, in fact, do have, you know, the best record of any team in the summer split. Jazuke does look really good. Impact does look really good. They are, in fact, you know, on the shortlist for MVPs this season. You know, uh, Danny is a really, you know, good-looking rookie, like, um, and, you know, if I look into the data, he's like a very average AD carry as far as I can tell, but he's a very average AD carry on the best team and they're still the best team. So it's like, you know, he's doing fine. He's doing his job. He's not a detriment, but yeah, I don't think he's as good as Jizuke or, or Svenska or whatever, but that's fine. It doesn't, you know, I don't need the story to be like, well, Danny's not quite as good as literal world champion Impact. That's not the story. Who cares? We're not expecting him to be. Um, so so it, it's correlation in that that's going to line up right when people are down on clg it's because they're not probably doing very well and i'm yep. probably going to in the same boat and that's okay um you know i can have my own opinions like i'm usually higher on Demonte than most people are um like i thought DeMonte was better than ryoma for example mm-hmm. um still do um and so i'm generally going to say well i think he's actually quite good um he's not the best in the lcs no by any means but you know he's quite good um you know i was hyped for a blaze for a while um you know i'm just in general hyped for golden guardian I think their coaching staff is excellent i've been an Anero fan for the last maybe three years straight at this point and it's like any team he's on i'm going to be excited for um yep. so i you know i'm gonna this is gonna be like my fourth time bringing it up across various media um when golden guardian signed an and danon to to run golden guardians um lcs i'm like they're gonna make playoffs every split from now on um because like they're just like and this was this was 10th place 10th place signed to staff members and i'm like i don't know the roster but playoffs um and i was right for most splits obviously spring was rough and i think they got seventh once as well um but like they immediately you know had a couple of good runs and yep. it's like i don't care what the community thinks i believe this i've done my homework i know who the, i know who the staff members are i think they're good at what they do So i think they'll build a good team um and and so you know this is going to going to break apart from that um you know uh i had fudge in my second place toppling list in spring split guess what everyone believes me now I um, <laughs> <I> wonder why <laughs> Everyone believes me now. Um, I have been a little bit harsh on Alfari because I, I like the things I will stand out for are the things that I believe that are that are, you know, um against the good of what other people believe. Like it's very easy to be like, oh, well, TSM are maybe the best team in the LCS right now, and no one's gonna remember me saying that. Yep. But when I said Fudge was the second best top laner whenever everyone has been as ninth and tenth, like that stood out. And right now I'm like, I think I think Alfari's a bit overrated. And I actually wonder if TL might be a better team with Jenkins. Like, like is not on my all-pro ballot, for example, Yep. Um, for a summer split. And okay, he missed out the games, but like, is this a popular opinion? Like, if you polled the audience right now, are they all going to say Alfari is top three top winners in the LCS? Because I don't believe so, but I'll bet you people believe that. Yep. But I'm going to bring up my points. But, and, you know, what evidence do I have? It's like, well, it, it's, it's, it's wishy-washy. It's like, well, what's his win rate in the LCS? Is that kind of awkward? Because some of them are with, are with Armeo and everything else, but it's like... You know, and I've got to find you know the right ammunition for the point, and I'm not gonna. It's not the primary point about TL. Just like Danny being the weakest player on his team is not the primary point about EG. He's yeah. fine. Alfari is also fine. He's not a bad player. Um, but it's like, you know, you know, how often is the story? But he's not the best player in the LCS. Well, not often, so it's not gonna bring up being brought up a lot. But you know, when he picks Viego and Champ select in their you know first round matchup, and I'm like, hey, by the way, he's never won the champion yet. That's a story, right? And that's relevant. And it doesn't matter what the community thinks. It matters what I think, and I'm gonna say that.
0: Yeah. I mean, you've casted so many games, right? You, you have one of the best perspectives because of how many games you've casted, how how, how much sure. you've seen these players as well. Um, but it is interesting to look at, you know, what, what opinion affects yours and what you can stand on your own ground with. I think that's something that, mm-hmm. you know, as uh, for newer casters as well, believe, over-believing the community, just listening to everything the community says can actually be also a trap. You know, sure. I read this on Reddit, so... And, and then if that translates to broadcast, um, sometimes it can put you in deep water, depending yep. on what it is. Um, yep, I'm happy to not pay attention to the Reddit. Yeah. It's pretty easy. Fair fair, fair <laughs> enough. Um, Jared also asked, do you have a favorite court in the play moment, like uh, the Dollar play or uh, Drake us with a H2K call or, or flowers, I think is a good example with Baker shockwave finds them all. It was a great, um, fantastic call. Yeah. If, if it's your favorite call of all time or what you, what you love and, and you remember.
1: Um, I'm not sure actually. Uh, I, I don't know if I have a specific uh like middle play 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 i mean i can think of like some of mine that have stood out um I, I'll, I'll give one this is a troll answer but it's it sticks out because okay. it's, it's kind of funny um so this is maybe 2017 or 18 around that point in time uh cloud nine mm. wins the semifinal matchup they're going to the finals um and i didn't actually do the the right leg work to to prepare myself for like what is the story of Nine wins um uh, and they were going to, like, TSM in the finals, and TSM ended up winning. And TSM, were, like, the number one seed, and cloud was, like, fourth or fifth or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, something around there. That wouldn't be the actual seeding, but who cares? Um, And so in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm going to hype up C9. You know, C9 win their series. They're headed to the finals. And my brain is going, and they're heading to the finals as the favorites to win it all. But in the middle of the sentence, I realize, but they're not. TSM is, like, five games ahead of them in the regular season. So Cloud9 headed to the finals as... Pause. A wonderful team. <laughs> <laughs> Eighty <laughs> to their finals, as a team is the verbatim call. That's um, right. And and I'm guessing the little the Zale. We still bring it up because it is still like the standout endgame call. Yeah. Because that's have correct myself of the moment. Like I wouldn't let myself just like say it and be wrong. I would rather like. Sound myself like an idiot than then just be wrong. And maybe that was incorrect. Maybe it was, I don't know. Like make your own decisions, what you think would have you should have happened there. Um, but but that is the one call I will I will remember for a very long time. Yeah. Obviously, they're really good ones as well. Um the uh this is what Peak League Legends, like League of Legends looks like and it comes from Europe. Um was was That's obviously classic. like I want to give them their due. Yeah, it's a great call, I really think. Um uh, people are really happy about it, which I'm happy about, but um I I was so sick of the damn incessant like You have to play clean macro and it's only the slow LCK style that's any good and Eh, right, because like IG beat KT Rolster in like the, the quarter final to get there, and you know, then you know, barely squeaked by the very end. And, eh, they beat Fennec at the end, you know, who cares? They didn't, have, you know, the, the rest of that road wasn't that hard, Yeah. Um, you know, because they beat G2, and I think that wasn't too tough either. Um, you know, G2 RNG was a great series, and hey, well done to them, but like the underdogs, let's be clear, right? Like yep. the top two teams in that tournament were clearly KT and IG, and the real finals were in the first round, like this is objectively true. Um, and so you know, but anyway, people are still like, well, okay, but that happened once, whatever uh was kind of the feeling we we sort of got right um this was you know lpl won one title right this is ig coming in to defend their championship and they got dropped by team liquid of all teams so it's like wow how good the lpl really right Uh, but here's here's g2 winning a tournament g2 winning a tournament where their style is hella scrappy right it's so scrappy and i loved it i absolutely loved watching g2 that year like they were such a good team super happy about the team like well done to them um and i was so pissed like so annoyed with like this this like oh you have to play like 0.3 0.3 combined kills per minute and only dragon setup and never fight for anything and that's the lck way people aren't convinced lpl's the top dog yet right it was ig and that was it yep um it's like so no one's convinced and i'm like no 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 this is what peak of Legends the peak league of looks like and give them their due because it does it comes from europe yeah the scrappy g2 style was peak league of legends and to be fair as a as a sort of side door it's also ig style right it, it's a bit similar um at least it was at the time so it's like yeah like I, I like it was delivered by my own passion for like I would rather see league played this way. Yeah. I I'm just like super aggressive. I don't care if it's messy. Take the risks. Um, because it's, it's a way more fun game to be. So like that that was actually part of where that that call came from was was my own feelings about how I wanted to see league of legends played.
0: But that's great. I mean that that sticks in my mind and you know thinking about it a little deeper. I guess I guess that's why because at the time it was all about the LCK. Oh, here comes another championship. Um, yeah. And that that is that is. You know my most memorable call of yours I, I need to go back and look at the wonderful, <laughs> the, the wonderful c9 call <laughs> a I, wonderful team i i haven't heard that before but that's, that's definitely on my to-do list yeah you shouldn't it's
1: a lcs you semi-final shouldn't. it's not you know i
0: mean it's perfect honestly <laughs> it's um i'll go through the last question here because we've mm-hmm. had a, a couple that have uh, gone over what we've already talked about um jared has asked one more question and it's it's been along the lines of what i was going to finish off um what is the best process for you to self-improve uh we already talked about reviewing vods of yourself or just sitting with it tra- no actually no we didn't um just quickly with vod reviews yep. walk me through like yourself on your casting right. um how would you set that up and and how 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 do you self-improve right. throughout all these years
1: um sure so yeah in terms of like reviewing games for commentary um there's actually a bit of that uh, that used to happen um i mean pre covid basically cause we'd all get in a meeting room together and, and watch games um but yeah we'd usually tune in and it would be different things like sometimes we would like watch an lpl or lck game together like we'll we'll go watch you know this um you know drx dom one series or something you know make up make up two teams who cares um you know we'll, we'll go watch an rng ig series from regular season um, because you know, just get get an uh another kind of look at at teams from other regions. Um, mm. watching it together, you know, can help keep you focused. We can kind of balance ideas off each other, like, hey, do we think this is actually good? Like, you know, why are teams playing this way? Just you know, have a conversation because it's let's this helps us build our ideas of the teams as well. Yep. Um so it's kind of good on the cast perspective. Um, but also oftentimes it would be with commentary. So either we're like, you know, listening to the other casters commentate or watching an LCS game and and checking that one out together as well. Um and so, you know, sometimes it's for gameplay, sometimes it's for casting. Um and so, you know, kind of watching in a group environment. Um, I will say, I don't do a lot of individual, like, watch my games back right now. Um, I haven't for a while, actually. Um, Usually, I've got a pretty good handle on, like, what what I want to work on, uh, like, what I think I'm doing well and doing poorly. Um, I will almost always chat with the co-caster, like, immediately after the game, if there's something, like, that stood out to either one of us um and again because i'm watching all the other games actively as well like i am you know i'm actively listening for how you know flowers and pastry and and medic and dracos and all those guys are casting um so like i'll you know i'll be like oh you know i like how we approach that fight or you know i really don't think that was a good setup and you know keep that in mind so it's it's a lot of just um just actively watching the games with the commentary in mind and, and using that to kind of inform how i want to keep doing stuff going forward um i haven't done a, a lot of like go back and listen for specific things um in in my own commentary not much anyway
0: yeah okay that's fair i I think going into any kind of vault review as well as as someone's just randomly gifted about 10 subs um thank you very much um randomly going through and not not angling for any kind of goal if if you're going into a vault review and you're not you, you don't have goals set up or you don't have a purpose. Um, waste mm-hmm. of time. You, you were talking at the start of show about how you you don't watch vods of, of games in particular, almost um, at all, yeah. almost at all. And I think that's a, a good example of working smarter, not harder. Something that is really important, especially for a play by play, when you know there are so many great narratives. You can work on your voice. You can work on you know yourself right. as a caster in in a, a lot of other ways. So a, a great question there from Jared. I, I want to finish this off in. a a very easy light we've talked a lot about what people can do to um improve as a caster what the role means i'm getting started freak if someone hasn't started already they're in an amateur position even if they're semi-professional um give me a a highlight of what you think they should do to get started and and how they should actually just pursue this as a potential career or even as a even as a hobby
1: right um so i don't know like all the underpinnings of the amateur scene anymore like i haven't you know i haven't been doing amateur casting for you know 10 years so uh, you know a lot has changed again my amateur casting days were pre-youtube and pre-twitch basically so it's, it's a just a different landscape that i haven't lived um but yeah it's it's okay cultivate a hobby right get into it um find find a place to do it for free because that's just how this works right like i did audio commentary for free because i enjoyed it and, and I, I know there can be discussions around like oh getting free labor and, and doing what's worth it but like when I was in high school, I did it because it was a fun hobby, like yep. I enjoyed doing it. Um, and so it, it wasn't, you know, free labor, it was like a way to express myself artistically, in the way that people draw and post on Instagram and stuff and and whatever, yeah. right? And, and hey, that's great. If you get, you know, commissions doing your art. And it's great if someone contracts you to go cast their event, like, that's awesome, you know, more power to you, of course, right? If someone's asking you to go do a job, you know, and they're hiring out for it, yeah, you know, get what you're worth, for sure. But um, at the same time, it's like, well, you know doing things as a hobby is worthwhile right before you became an nfl player you you threw a football around um that is true. you know or you know pick your sport right um so i feel like step one is always doing it for free because how else are you gonna get good at it right how else are, is anyone going to know that you're a professional um so this i think there's literally always an element of of whatever the thing is doing it for free for a while um you know, just how that works. I mean, heck, you pay other people to go to med school and then become a doctor, right? Like yep. every single line of work everywhere starts with phase one of it's it's not worth money to you. Um, so I don't think, you know, that's a problem. I think you get in and do it. You get your reps in. Cool. You do whatever. And then it's, uh, to me, like any level of success or almost any level of success is a a mix of um, good fortune and hard work. Yep. Um, you know, you you work hard enough to be good enough and ready to go when a random thing came by um when i was just a hobbyist caster i didn't know league of legends existed um when i applied to be an internet riot games i had no idea league of Legends would blow up to be the biggest esport in the world sure. um when i you know and, and then even then even though it was the biggest esport in the world or at least growing towards that i was happy doing community content and, and web content and and you know working on that because i was happy to work in gaming and and i liked shout casting but it turned out riot wanted to be one of the only companies to start a first-party esports league like Right, and and by comparison, like my my mirror from across the pond was D-man, who like had his own full time job and took vacation days to go do things like worlds. Um, in my case, I worked for Riot, so it was like, oh yes, you'll do the Champions pilot when you come back. Go cast worlds, right? Um, but like here's someone who again had to like have his full time job and like, oh yes, I- I've been casting for a while, and I ha- I'm able to take vacation and go do this other thing and get yep. paid for it, and and go do the professional commentary, um. And then when LCS comes in, okay, quit his job, get a competitive offer from Riot, go cast the LEC or the EU L- LCS at the time. And it's like, okay, yeah, he had put in all the work and he was ready to go. Um, that's just how stuff works as far as I can tell for any sort of, I don't know what the right word for it is. I've heard someone use one that, that I like, but I've forgotten it since. I don't want to really say exceptional, but abnormal job. I think it anyway, with an abnormal job. Um, it is just always a mix of, of, of fortune and hard work to be ready and in the right place at the right time. And I have no idea when the LCS is hiring the next shoutcaster. That's I right. have no idea when the LPL is hiring the next shoutcaster. I have no idea what next amateur is going to show up. Like, I have no idea. And hey, it's going to be kind of random. You cannot possibly predict what opportunities are going to be up to you in the next year. The best you can do is be ready for it and then hope. And and that's yep. not great, but that's kind of how that works.
0: I mean, it is. You uh, You're right. put the passion in and and make it a to make it a career. Um, it was it was by chance that LPL was opened in the end of twenty eighteen, looking for people, um, and I got an opportunity. You know, couldn't get into the OPL, wasn't wasn't kind of at that point, and I was lucky enough to get picked up. So, uh, mm-hmm. ex- know exactly what you mean, uh, Freak. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been uh, it's been an hour and a half of power. Uh, your perception, your insight, as well into not only play-by-play, play, but I think casting is going to be helpful for a lot of people trying to develop into the scene, a, a lot of whether amateur, semi-professional casters. Um, just give us a little shout-out, anything you're doing. I, I know we're moving into a new patch for, um, I'm pretty sure, for playoffs for LPL, without Akshan.
1: Oh, into 15? Okay. Yeah,
0: which is without Akshan, which I don't know if you're happy about that. I'm kind of ecstatic about that. I did not want to cast him.
1: Uh, I, I actually... You like him. I, I know it's tough, right? Like, um, so yeah. Hey, by the way, LCS playoffs starts this weekend. Go watch LCS. Sure. It'd be great. Um, everything else, obviously watch, watch more esports. Esports are great. Um, in terms of new champions, I actually, I like them being there because I mean, worst case scenario, it's one ban and, and one ban's Okay. I would say, you know, the, the 2015 world championship run where it's like gangplank and Mordekaiser and like Darius and all the champions, and Darius fell off. because People got good. Mm. Um, you know, we had Tix pros while well to get good, but you know, whatever. Um, you know, it, it's a thing. Um, pros are perfect champs, <laughs> like that's fine. Uh, but it, it, you know, it's true. Uh, either way, though, it it's like okay, I don't want you know five new champs to show up that are all overtuned or you know seemingly overtuned. Of course. Uh, but like, I don't mind just one because like, ah, yeah, you 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 pick up one champion, right? And and in the case of like, okay, at MSI, um, both Morgana and Rumble were buffed for that. Okay, well, mm. and now it's not worth spending all of your bands on one side. So we're just going to see Morgana rumble Udyr every game and that's too bad. But like if you're adding just uction and you know, mid laners probably have counterpicks to them. Like, I think that's fine. Like, you know, worlds last year with Viego, um, presuming there weren't bugs, I think would have been fine. Um, I forget if MSI was going to have Gwen available or like could have, but like, you know, yeah, even if they're overtuned, like, you know, the penalty is one ban and the upshot is like getting to see cool new champions. So I, you know, I would be okay with it. I understand that central league ops is clearly more reserved than I am. And I understand that. And Hey, it's their call. I don't think they're stupid. Um, But you know, I, I like seeing new stuff always. And and so, you know, let them figure it out.
0: That's true. I mean, that's very, very fair freak. So LCS playoffs this weekend. um, And then Mm -hmm. of course, you know, you're expected, you're always expected at worlds as you should be. I mean, you, you, the OG caster along, well, well, it's not, nothing is confirmed. Nothing is confirmed. What can I say? I'm not going to, I don't want to put you in jeopardy for coming onto my show. I thank you.
1: I've only cast every world championship up until now, but nothing's confirmed. Nothing's confirmed. We don't know. Is Freak going to be at Worlds? We don't know. We'll
0: we'll start a poll. Thank you again for joining me on, on the return of Casting Chamber and, and the start of defining play by play as a role. I appreciate you coming in and and spending your time. Thank you for the sub. You gave me a sub. I don't know why you're paying me. Um, no
1: it's, it's, it was one of those free subs it was fine oh okay it, i mean you're still getting paid but it but it's cost me a dime
0: well i'm uh i'm gonna have to ret- return the favor thank you so much and for everyone watching as well thank you for tuning in this will be available on youtube the vod will also be on twitch as well yeah make sure you sub, thank-, sub to him. thank you for all the all the money i, I appreciate yeah, that and yeah, you're um you're welcome for the money. <laughs> more coming at you as well with the casting chamber thanks again guys and uh have a good day or night wherever you are
1: bye night bye bye